Angela Fazio is an industry powerhouse who has overseen 40,000 homes sold and 9 billion in production. And Kristen Cantrell is one of the nation's most accomplished team leaders, helping thousands of agents build their businesses. They are passionate about educating, encouraging, and empowering moms in real estate. Our next episode starts now. Hey everyone, welcome to Moms in Real Estate. I'm your host, Kristen Cantrell, and today we have my good friend here, Barb Shrehands, and she's the founder of Your Tax Coach, the host of Life Changing Money Podcast, which is awesome. If you guys don't listen to it, go look it up. Um, and most recently, she launched a retirement course. So welcome, Barb. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. So let's get started. I want you just to give a little bit of background um, to our audience about who you are and a little bit about your story. Oh gosh, how far back should I start? Um, honestly, like just bring us through, like how did you get to where you're you're at as far as your, um, you know, how did you get into the tax industry? Yeah, so when I was in college, I got pregnant my junior year, and I was already majoring in business, but I went to my career counselor, and I was like, I'm pregnant, I need the one major that like 100%, I'm going to have a job the day I graduate, because I'm having a baby, and I have someone else to take care of, and my career counselor said, well, then you have to switch to accounting, and I was like, shit, <laughs> I don't want to do accounting. And I switched to accounting and still graduated on time. And then I went on to get my master's in taxation and worked at the largest accounting firm in the world. And I went to like various size firms because I was like, these people aren't actually like helping their clients. They're not saving them money. Mm -hmm. Like if someone reaches out, in an email and asks the question, like, we're so busy, we can't even answer. And a lot of times the partners would tell us, like, just don't answer because we charge billable hours and mm -hmm. they don't want, you know, us to waste our time and the client not pay for the bill. Just like all these like things that I hated about the accounting industry. And but I liked taxes and I was like, there has to be a way where we can actually save people money, be of value to them, have really good communication. And so I started Your Tax Coach. January of 2020. And it's kind of just like exploded from there. It really has exploded. It And what's really cool about that is you took something that was so archaic and it was just, you know, you just do it because that's how you do it. But then you're like, we don't have to do it this way. We're actually going to change it. And you save people so much money and you're passionate about it. And if somebody came to me and told me I had to change my major to accounting, I would be so, <laughs> I don't know if I could have done it. And I just think that's so cool that you could have done it. So, um, and you guys, if you haven't looked at your tax coach, you're, you're going to hear about her more often on our podcast because a lot of our inner circle really, they utilize her and her knowledge and she speaks at our events and she really is saving people so much money and she's so much fun to work with. So, um, okay, so let's dive into like even before that, because I feel like, um, you know, your story growing up shapes who you are. So I want to know more about um, your journey. Yeah, I mean, so we grew up super, super poor. Like, I was born in Compton, which if you're like familiar with California, that is like the ghetto in California. And 
you know, like the utilities would be shut off if we ate. Like I ate at school because a lot of times we just didn't have food at home. And my parents are drug addicts and it was just like a very chaotic childhood, like lots of abuse and, um, you know, as you can imagine. And so I kind of had my like rebel stage of growing up when I was like 12. Like I was like rebellious from like 12 to 15, even though I always had like straight A's, but I just like hated school. I like hated my life and um, was like super like punk rock and emo and like was in a band and played guitar. Did you have black hair? I had purple hair. Did you? But I never had black hair. I had, think at one point I had like black tips, you mm-hmm. know, and that was cool. Oh, yeah. People would like. Or the black under the yeah, blonde. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think my MySpace picture was like <laughs> the purple underneath. Look. Awesome. Um, and so I graduated high school when I was 16 because I just like hated school. I didn't want to live at home anymore. And so I graduated at 16. And if you didn't know, like you can take community school courses in high school for free I did not know that and so at least in California maybe Mm -hmm. it's not in every state but so I started taking community college classes as a freshman in high school and so by the time I was 16 I could get I had my AA as well and I just like stayed at community school because I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life um plus I was 16 like yeah of course I didn't know what I I wanted to do with my life but I went on to get five AA degrees at my community college. That's crazy. Until they literally like kicked me out. They were like, you can't (laughs) stay here any longer. How old were you when they kicked you out? I was 21. So I I went there for five years and I have like criminal justice degree, a like pre-law AA degree, like just random, random things. I worked at a prison when I was 18. And so like, that's how I got into like criminal justice. I thought I wanted to do that until I worked at a prison. And what did you do at a prison? So it was a maximum security male prison at 18 years old, it's right? Terrifying. It was terrifying. Yeah. And I was like the youngest person they ever hired. Yeah. But I had like the highest score you have to test in to work there. And so I first worked in the psychiatric quad. Mm-hmm. So like all of these inmates, not only were they like criminals, but they also had like psych issues, mental mm-hmm. health issues. And then I went on to like management and I worked in the lifer unit. So usually like all murders and then... SVP unit, which is the sexually violent predator unit. Mm -hmm. Because I really thought I was like, I'm going to help these people. Yeah. And then I was like, I can't help these people. Never (laughs) mind. Yeah. I feel like like, I would still have nightmares if I ever even like went in a building like that one time. I did. I had nightmares literally every day for like six months. Yeah. Until I sadly like got used to it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, being so young, it was for sure like weird because what do you, you how do you feel like like t- having that role and like working in that environment what would you say like you took from that into what you do now um honestly like I feel like I can communicate with anyone yeah because I had inmate workers too so like I had these criminals that were like working for me they were like secretaries or you know like janitors mm-hmm. very like simple tasks but they do try to like manipulate you oh yeah in very like minute ways that you wouldn't really even think about Mm -hmm. but they'll just like ask you how your weekend was right but it's Mm -hmm. because they want to know your patterns like Mm -hmm. what are you doing on the weekend or they'll even like look at your key ring Mm -hmm. and 
like now that I'm going to tell you this, you're going to look at your key ring and be like, oh crap. Like they'll know what gym you go to, right? If you have like a key fob, Uh they'll know what kind of car you drive. They'll know like where you've been on vacation. If you get like Hawaii, you know, like key ring or something. Uh And so like, it just made me realize how much like people can be watching you yeah, and can manipulate you, but also like how to just talk with different people well okay so I just saw I think it was a like a reel the other day and it was a lady talking about like two women about just what you leave in your car and Mm -hmm. just kind of how to like scan your car before you get in and I just thought how unaware I am I I leave everything in my car Mm -hmm. I leave my wallet in my car I leave like my key in my car I'm like (laughs) it's terrible so I'm like I need to be more aware but that would be you know it's like they think so smart about that kind of stuff yeah terrifying Okay, so tell us, um, I want to jump into, basically, you started in January of 2020, and here we are in 2023, and your business is exploded. Tell us what that looks like now. Um, tell us about your husband and how he now works for you, and tell us about your team, all the stuff around your business. Yeah, so when I first started, obviously, it was just me, and I, like, from day one, started using Instagram, because mm-hmm. I was like, people are inherently nosy. Like, they want to know what you're doing. And so every day I would just post, like, the coffee I was drinking and what I was doing for the day, even if it was just, like, me on a computer, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'm meeting with four people and I'm doing two tax returns and I'm going to the gym and whatever. And so I really, like, utilized Instagram from the very beginning. And I feel like that's what really grew my business so fast is because there weren't a lot of accountants at least at that time on Instagram. Now yeah. I feel like there's a lot more, but maybe because I'm like. And in so it. the beginning is 2020. You're talking about the beginning of your tax coach. Yep. Okay. So you literally started, and just if you guys listen to that, that's 2020 to 2023, how she's grown her business utilizing Instagram. That's not a long time. Yeah. But I think the key is like consistency, right? Yeah. Like I went on every single day on mm-hmm. stories, no matter what, when I didn't feel like it, when I didn't get ready, when like, mm-hmm. you know, we all have our insecurities, but it was just like, I want people to see my face every day. So when they're like, oh, I need to do my taxes, they think of me. Yep. And so it was just me for, I think, like a year and a half. And I just like hustle, hustle, hustled. I did, you know, I would do like 12 sales calls a day. And then after the kids went to bed, I would actually do like the tax side of things. And mm-hmm. so because I was just like, I have to grow to where it replaces my income. Because yeah. at the time, I actually was still working for an old accounting firm as well. So yeah. I was like doing both. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I was just too scared to like mm-hmm. cut that stability. Yeah. And so for like a year and a half, it was just me. And then I made my first hire. And once I hired that first person, mm-hmm. it was an admin role to do like scheduling and just like all the minute tasks. I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And the more like I learned to delegate, then I could bring on like tax people. Mm-hmm. And now we have a whole bookkeeping department, an entire tax strategy department, a tax manager, you know, our C-suite, an admin team, creative team. And I retired my husband last November. So he was in the military for 14 years. And everyone told us we were crazy. They're like, just wait it out six more years and he can retire and get a pension for the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Six years is so So long. long. Mm -hmm. And it's like the prime of our life, right? Like our 30s, 40s, like 
this is like the good time. I don't yeah. want to wait six years and like who knows what happens. Yeah. And so he just quit. Yeah. He didn't renew his contract and now he helps in the business and kind of is in a leadership role with our team because he was very much in a leadership position in the military. And then now he does, thank goodness, all of our sales because mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like that's all I was doing all day every day was like being on the phone with people. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, 12 sales calls a day sounds so hard. Yeah, just you like start back mixing to back everybody up every 30 minutes. Yeah. And then it's like, I don't want to talk to anyone else and my yeah. poor like family, you know. Totally. I think I can totally relate to that. Just thinking of like, you know, growing a real estate business. And I think anyone listening here too, how many of you guys listening have another job that you're scared to cut the cord and go full time? Right. And I think that what advice would you give somebody that has that scenario that is in that scenario right now? Honestly, if I were to go back, I would have just quit. Yeah. From the very beginning because it was holding me back. Yeah. It was like, kind of the crutch I was leaning on Mm -hmm. whereas like if I just didn't have anything to rely on I would have gone all in on me I would have had more time Mm -hmm. to do content I would have had more time for sales calls I would have had more time for anything and everything Mm -hmm. and like I just worked so many hours for so long Mm -hmm. that like you can't get that back yeah for sure honestly I would say like cut the cord Mm -hmm. and the universe will like conspire with you because you're now telling the universe like okay I'm ready to go all in on me yeah what's been kind of like one of the scariest things for you growing your business because I mean with such rapid growth there's got to be some moments where you're like oh my gosh like what's happening right now oh so many um I think the biggest one is like how do I put this in words like you kind of don't want to be seen Mm -hmm. it's like oh I don't want to get like too famous or like Mm -hmm. too many people to see me I don't know it's like weird to explain um I think just because of like so much family drama Mm -hmm. I'm also like I don't want I don't want my past like Mm -hmm. family to I don't know see your success yeah which is hard when you grow your business on social media yeah yeah absolutely that would be really hard what do you feel like has been the most rewarding moments and like anything that's like stuck out to where you're like, I am so glad I busted my ass these last three years. The most recent moment was we do all team retreats. So we fly everyone in. We're, we're an all remote team. So we have people in like 15 states and we flew them all into Florida in April. And I remember just like I was one of the last people to like walk out of the beach house to like go to the beach and I could see everyone just like laying on the beach and like having fun or playing volleyball or like laughing. And I was like, wow, like Mm -hmm. I built that, you Mm -hmm. know, like this is my team, my culture, like, Mm -hmm. and so that was really cool. That is so rewarding. I feel like I can like envision that right now, Mm -hmm. how cool that is. So tell me like a little bit about more about social media. So yes, consistency, but like, tell us more because you're having people like flood your inbox, right? So if somebody that I know a lot of people listening that have um, built their business on Instagram or they're trying to, what advice would you give them? Like, as far as like, these are the three things that have kept me um, in front of people. And then also like getting my inbox full of people inquiring about my services. So I know I mentioned consistency, Mm -hmm. but with that, 
like if I find someone on Instagram where I'm like, oh, like their reel pops up or something and I look, if I look on their profile and they don't have a story, like their circle isn't lit I up, I don't even follow them. I'm like, crazy. who could not have a story <laughs> for a whole 24 hours and if, that, if that's like your business and how you're growing it? So honestly, it's like, be on stories every single day, totally. no matter what. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't want your face on it, like whatever, but show like, I don't know, you probably go to the gym or you're on a walk or you have your coffee or your tea or whatever, whatever you're eating, like just show people who you are. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just like this weird thing in the ether and like people want to relate to you. Yeah. And then I would just say like be relatable mm-hmm. as well. You know, especially with taxes, right? That's such like a daunting boring topic Mm -hmm. that like sure I could keep it that way (laughs) and you know I could just have those blanket pictures like I see so many accounting firms with like a picture of a keyboard and then they put like a tax tip I'm like that's so freaking boring boring. Uh Um, but like just make it fun and Mm -hmm. relatable and fix people's problems like if you're in real estate and you're trying to sell a single mom a home like what would a single mom want to see right like Mm -hmm. make a video of like your kids in a home and like envision what they would want when Mm -hmm. they're buying a home you know just like make it fun and relatable and then honestly I would say outsource it because as much as I'm on social media like it's such a time suck and I honestly like hate it. So I would say like outsource it. That was the first contractor I ever like spent money on was Mm -hmm. someone for social media. And so they'll like post it for you. They'll figure out your hashtags. They'll like write the copy for you. They'll figure out what's trending. Like there's just so much off your plate as the business owner that like now I just need a two hour shoot every month mm-hmm. of like, these are the reels we're doing. These are the topics we're talking about. And mm-hmm. that's all I have to do. And it's so nice. Well, yeah. then you just show up on your stories. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I think that that's such a big deal because I don't feel like that would impact your inbox because you're still showing up in your stories. Whereas I feel like a lot of people are scared to hire that social media manager because it takes you away. You just, you still show up in your stories. You feel like that's the main thing is you're still showing up in your stories, but yet they're doing all the other content. Yeah, for but sure. It's a view. And like you can pick if you want them in your inbox or you want to respond to DMs. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's mostly me in the DMs like yeah. responding cuz like I like to be like, "Hey, how's it going?" or like uh I don't know, just like still keep tabs on my clients and who's interested in yeah. us. Plus like you know, your friends still DM you and like, there's still mm-hmm. personal stuff. Yeah. You're so responsive. There. And you guys, just to get a gauge on how many followers she has and how she's keeping up with this, she has 250,000 Instagram organic followers. So it's not like, I mean, she has a massive account. So you keeping up and you staying engaged and hiring somebody out, I feel like that is so perfect. And I feel like I need to do that. Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> And honestly, it's not that expensive. Like social media management sounds really cool and yeah. like really, um, but like you can find someone for six hundred bucks a month, probably. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can find someone for five thousand. Yeah. But I mean, you can find decent packages for like six or eight hundred dollars a month, which maybe at first that sounds daunting to you, but 
think of how many hours you now have mm-hmm. back and like you can show more houses even if you sold one more house a year yeah like that Come pays on. for your social media manager absolutely actually where we record um be real studio they have a social media mo- manager that i love her name is molly so if you are listening look up be real's production they're great Okay, I want to end today with a question for you. And I love this question, you guys. Um, So if you were at a dinner party with one influential female entrepreneur, past or present, who would it be and why? Mm. I would pick Sarah Blakely. Yes. Do you know who that is? Of course. Owner of Spanx. I've seen her speak. So she sold Spanx for over a billion dollars. I think... What's the statistic? She was like the first female founder billionaire. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. Or youngest. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I forget. No, I think it was something with being the first female. Yeah, like 100% owner or something. Yeah. Something crazy. Just very like inspirational. And like her story was like starting in her bedroom yeah. because she just couldn't find the right shapewear for her body. Yeah. And like growing a business in her garage yeah. and then selling it for a billion and she used to hustle at Nordstrom's like she'd show up there and hustle yeah and I'm pretty positive um I haven't seen I saw her speak and this had to have been five or six years ago but her dad used to have um I want to say it was like Ed Milet tapes that he like left oh, for really? her and she used to listen to them over and over and over again I don't even think she went to college I hope I'm not mixing it up but her story is fantastic yeah I think it was Proctor was Tate's. it Okay. What's his first name? Something Proctor. Um, Ted, Tom, Tim. Ted Proctor. Does that sound right? I don't know. Uh, I forget. But like <laughs> the too. OG coach. Yeah. Like. But think of how cool that is because she was a teenager and she's listening to these. I think this is something I'm really passionate about is like when my kids are like 14, 15, I want to start bringing them to these entrepreneur events. And this story sticks out in my mind because she would just listen to them. And it just like brain ninja her into like what she is now. Mm-hmm. And I just find that so cool. I want to come to that dinner. Right? Okay. And then, like, her marriage looks amazing. And, like, Jesse Itzler, like... Yeah, I saw also, him speak, too. ...is also a billionaire. Yeah. And, like, talk about power couple. He just posted on Instagram. He said he was at some, like, super fancy hotel, which, if you follow Jesse Itzler, he kind of looks homeless, right? Yeah, and uh, he, he speaks just, crazy. He's just very, like, I don't know. You would never know he's a billionaire. Yeah. But he was at this, like, fancy hotel, and he like was bringing in takeout to the Uh hotel and the valet guy like stopped him and was like DoorDash can't go inside (laughs) he's like yeah he's like I'm staying here how how funny is that yeah yeah they're like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) um okay so let's real quick um talk about before we end the podcast I want you to tell everybody about I feel like this is your new passion project is all this retirement stuff Yeah. I mean, okay. I talk to business owners all day, every day. Mm -hmm. And the number one thing besides paying too much in taxes Mm -hmm. that I find is like, nobody knows how to retire, when to retire, how much they need to retire. Mm -hmm. And if you talk to a financial advisor, even our financial advisor, like talks in a way where you're like, I have no idea what the heck you're saying right now, but Mm -hmm. sure. Just do whatever. Right. Is like usually the conversation because you're like, I don't know. Yeah. And so I created a retirement course Mm -hmm. called Retirement Riches Roadmap, and it just simplifies retirement for business owners on Mm -hmm. like which accounts you should have, which ones suck. Mm -hmm. If your financial advisor tells you this, you need to fire them, Mm -hmm. how much you need to retire, how to retire early, 
And I'm just like so excited about it because especially for entrepreneurs, like you need an exit plan and you need to know like when to retire. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think I went to her launch class and it was so good. And as an entrepreneur, I know that it is so overwhelming and I feel like, you know, we just get money and we're like, you almost don't want to give it away because you're like, you know, you're just going, I don't know. It just stresses people out. So I think that it's so important. Um, we will definitely have the information for you guys in our show notes too. Um, okay. Is there anything you want to say before we get off the podcast? I would just say, if you're not following your tax coach, follow us on Instagram. And if you have seriously any tax questions, like how do I deduct this? How do I deduct that? Feel free to reach out. Like we love answering people's questions. I'm also super into real estate. So like if you have a real estate question, I'm happy to answer and we're just here for you. Actually, why don't you give your favorite tax strategy tip that you give to real estate agents? Oh gosh, to agents? Um, like buying an investment property for yeah. their clients? Yes. Um, Anything around real estate, what's like one of your favorite strategies? I mean, 1031 exchanges are amazing, which means you can sell an investment property and just put your gains. So only your gains, not the full amount of the property, but put the gains into another property. You don't have to pay taxes on it ever. And then you can keep doing that literally until you die. And then if you have kids, your kids will get the property and it'll be completely tax free to them. Even if like you bought a property for 100K and it's now worth a million, they'll get it tax free. Yeah, that is so awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you. All right. Bye guys.